When recruiting news is this good, Saturday's really just icing on the cake at this point. Speaking of Saturday, are we getting smoke and mirrors inside the Boone Pickens Stadium locker room? Or is there actually some fire to the statements made by some of the players coming up? All of that and more right here. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. I am your host, Cody Stovall. I appreciate you stopping by. We're going to have a good one today, but real quick, we are partially sponsored today by Built Bar. Do yourself a favor, go to built.com right now and check out the crazy amount of flavors that they have with the protein bar that actually tastes like a candy bar go to built.com right now use promo code locked on 15 to get yourself 15 percent off again that's built.com for built bar the protein bar that actually tastes like a candy bar yes the recruiting news today is fun we're gonna do a deep dive of of everybody tomorrow i just wanted to hit a little bit of it today and make an announcement that Whatever happens Saturday, it's okay, right? Are we going to win? I think that the I, I think we're going to talk about some things that that make that a possibility, or or am I just being sucked into too much uh, orange Kool Aid once again, guys? This this whole this whole game, right? It's got the feel of a must win because it is a must win, right? You're coming back home. After going 0-2 in the state of Kansas, which you haven't done in goodness knows how long, right? If you dig back even into the early 2000s, mid-90s, that's maybe the area you will find that. Just like the last time we lost in Lawrence was 1994. Put that in perspective for you. So we have to get this taste out of our mouth. This is a decent get-right game. The only other team in the Big 12 that you feel is susceptible more than us at the moment, is Iowa State and West Virginia. Now, both teams have the talent and capabilities to jump up and bite you, which is why we're not sleeping easy going into this one. But the recruiting news for today from men's basketball, women's softball, there's some stuff um, filtering in still yet on baseball, which is why we're going to focus on all of the recruiting tomorrow. But getting the number 12 class in America for Mike Boynton, it's a big deal. And the way it's looking for the 2023 class, I think we're going to be okay. The question is, does that mean that, you know, his job is secure regardless of what happens this season? I think if he would have landed uh, Anthony Black, that would have put us in like the top five, top three category for men's basketball in recruiting. I think if that would have happened, then, yeah, I think he gets a pass regardless of what happens this season. That's not what happened. Now, number 12 class is really, really, really good. It's not like, you know, we're extremely disappointed by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, for guilty pleasure, getting that 
that Corey Black or Anthony Black would have been, it would have been big because he was a big time get. And a lot of crystal ball prognostications had him going to Oklahoma State. So there was a lot of excitement coming into the day. But nonetheless, very, very, very good class. We'll go through everybody tomorrow. Uh, women's softball also uh, right around that, that number 20, 20 run, 19 range. So right around a top 20 class for women's softball as well. Not to mention, Kenny Gajewski is bringing transfers in, and they're massive transfers. And every time he does so far, he's hit a home run. So not only do we have a top 20 recruiting class in softball, you know good and daggone well he's going to find some other pieces to come in to fill that thing out. So it's essentially going to look like a top 10 class when it's done regardless. So again, we can rest a little bit easier, right, going into Saturday, and we can feel a little bit better regardless of the outcome. Now, we definitely need this one, guys. We need this W here. Ladies, this is a big one, right? And you can feel it inside the stadium. Now, when I say smoke and mirrors as opposed to is there some fire, if you've been listening to some of the interviews recently of the players, I think you do see, obviously, a lot of, uh, of fire in them right? They're saying the right things. Their mannerisms indicate that they feel what they're saying. But again, we won't know until we see the product on the field. And lately, the product on the field has not been too much to write home about. So what are the keys to this one? How are we going to be able to stem the tide here and get us back uh, on the right track? Because if you saw a recent 247 article by Cody Nagel, it was a very good, very good article, by the way, sir. But I implore you, check it out. He went over how it's still theoretically possible that we could end up in the Big 12 championship game. I personally don't think that that should be what we're thinking about at all. Is it, does it mean it's uh, out of the picture? I, I don't think so. My only point is we've got much, much, much more to be concerned with and need to get you know addressed before we have any type of conversations about getting back to Arlington it is very difficult to swallow that right because for the first four or five games it looked like it was going to be Oklahoma State and TCU and Arlington it was almost a foregone conclusion but you know this is a byproduct of having a conference that is this talented you, you, you kind of feast on each other and it's not necessarily a good thing, right? So that's the biggest difference between the Big 12 and everybody else is the SEC, they have gimme games, right? The top half of the SEC has gimme games at the bottom of the roster and it's just that's just a 100% factual statement. So does the Big 10. Everybody else has a bottom portion of the conference that they can feed on to get extra wins, right? You get these extra wins. You get guys healthy. You don't have to use um, a lot of your depth. You don't have to play a significant amount of plays. And then you can gear up for the big games. Well, in the Big 12, unfortunately, every game is a big game. And every team can jump up and bite you. So, you know, it's, it's really hard to feel confident like we did in the beginning. Yeah, it just, you know, it is. It's a tough pill to swallow but 
we'll break down, I think, some reasons why we should be fairly optimistic. And, you know, we, we may teeter-totter on that line of, is this too much orange Kool-Aid or not, right? That's the question. The beauty of it is, you guys can let me know in the comments section what your thoughts on the situation are. Should we be super pumped up still yet and hope for a couple losses by a few teams to get us back in a Big 12 title race? Or is it fair to kind of slow it down a bit and just focus on controlling a game, which we haven't done since the Baylor-Texas Tech type of games? We, we didn't control anything after that other than TCU. And in my opinion, the way that we kept taking our foot off the gas, Baylor, Texas Tech, TCU, and the way that it bit us in the TCU game, I think that's a reflection of what has happened, the snowball effect that has turned into this complete nosedive. But again, there might be some ways out of it. By hiring the right people, right, it puts you in a position to have these type of conversations and get the players to be engaged, understand, and get re-motivated, right? And I'm sure that when you go into the hiring process, just like Oklahoma State and Baylor and Kansas and Kansas State, to do it the right way, you got to have the right people. To have the right people these days, like every single new potential hire, it's a high, high-stakes wager to, to see if it's going to be the right one for you, which is why LinkedIn Jobs is the best avenue for you to take to get what you need precisely out of the people you're looking for. Stop fooling around with having interviews that just don't make any sense, right? Post your job for free right now, linkedin.com uh, slash locked on college. Again, it's linkedin.com slash locked on college and get yourself in the best position to not make mistakes in the hiring department. Let them sort out the funny stuff. All right. So if, you, if you've been following along with the recent interviews, some things that I found interesting, right, were the emphasis that obviously we're going to have on running the ball. Uh, Jaden Nixon, I feel like in his interview, he handled it very, very good, very, very professional. Uh, he, he said the right things. But there was one point in time where he slipped up and had a minor stutter type thing. But I think it was because he caught himself. I really, 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 really believe that he was about to say something to the effect of distribution of the football, but he didn't. He backed off just a hair, and then he answered it the, the politically correct way, right? But I agree with, with the little person inside of him, right? The, the person on his shoulder saying, say it, say it, say it, do it. You know it's true. You need the ball more. But he didn't. So that's our job. We get to say that. Jaden Nixon needs the ball more. We've been saying that for a few weeks. Again, it's not because Dominic Richardson's not talented. It's because what we're asking him to do is clearly not his specialty. We need somebody that's that's capable to make a couple misses happen uh, right around the line of scrimmage because for whatever reason – we're failing to get to that second level and wall off uh, or shut down the linebackers. That's that's what you're looking for. You want your O-line to not only block, but be able to get up to the second level to help block those guys as well. Because in football, it's all a numbers game. That's all it is, right? That is something that Gundy does emphasize quite often when he's having his interviews, that this is a numbers game. And that's 
something that, you know, obviously we need to focus on. And with the confidence of Jaden Nixon uh, and his little almost slip up, I feel like finally maybe he's going to be an integral part of the game plan. Ollie Gordon should be over his uh, ailment that was minor, but just like a slight flu type thing. Hopefully that's all done. If that's done, you know, that, that gives us a, a different animal. DeAndre Jackson runs the ball. De- uh, Dom runs the ball. And Ollie Gordon run the ball this one particular way, right? A Chris Carson style of way, which is, again, why I think Jaden needs more touches because he's the, the elusive one. He's the scat back that can make some misses happen in the backfield to get, him, get himself an opportunity to, to break out some chunk runs, 20 yards, 30 yards, 50 yards. That's what Dominic Richardson has not been able to do, right? 10 yards, 15 yards is like his his max. And again, it's not a knock on him. I think it's a knock on the way we're trying to, again, fit a square peg in a round hole. It ain't going to happen. So why are we trying to make something happen that just doesn't, doesn't really work? Hopefully we see that adjustment this weekend. There needs to be an emphasis on running the football. I know we keep saying that, but that's not what we're doing. We had Garrett Rangel throwing it all over the yard, Partially, I think, maybe to prove a point that we're not afraid to let this kid, you know, grip it and rip it. But it didn't really work out. He showed some flashes. He did some things. But all in all, that was not a productive day for Garrett Rangel, right? Rangel is, again, probably the future. The battles she's going to have with Zane Flores are uh, must-see TV. Hopefully we we don't have a depth issue so we can see them both play against each other here in a couple of springs. That'll be fun. So, yeah, just like, you know, Gundy kind of mentioned that, uh, again, not the rebuild per se, but he made a point to talk about the youth and how much of the youth at the moment is playing, which will correlate more on the field next season. To me, that almost seems like he's hinting at we're in rebuild mode, which, again, we shouldn't be. We're at a a point in the ascension of Oklahoma State University that should not be part of a conversation that we're having. It it just it shouldn't be. So we're just going to stick with the positive points. And the positive points are those interviews, those players seem motivated, even the interview with Colin Oliver, who on film, was caught standing around and not moving during plays. So I think maybe the the, the tail ripping they got from Derek Mason at the halftime last week, hopefully that, that carried over into this week. Maybe he's a little bit more fired up. Maybe he's the key to seeing a difference. Maybe he was just too uh, nice, polite, and he just – was waiting and hoping that because we have so much talent, they'd figure it all out. Maybe the fire that he lit jumping into them seven ways from Sunday last week in the locker room in Lawrence was a carryover. Again, negativity carries over to the next game, just like positivity does. If you if you stomp on somebody, it's going to feel good. You're going to feel good going into the next, next week. And Guys, let's let's face it. Everybody on that field, for the most part, is somewhat egotistical. You have to be. Not like in in a a bad way, but 
if you don't think that you're that dude that can get the ball and make a play when the team needs you to, if you don't think you're that guy, then there's a problem, right? You don't go to play collegiate level anything if you go thinking that you're always going to be a four stringer. To me, that just doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. So I don't think that, you know, the negativity should permeate forever. But if we don't get this done against Iowa State in Boone Pickens Stadium in a blackout game, then something is massively off, right? We know something's not quite right. You can see it. You can sense it. You can hear it. You can feel it. But if we lose to Iowa State, especially the way we've been losing, that is a an unforgivable sin in Stillwater. Can we, you know, I don't know. I don't even want to, I don't even want to speak it into existence. So we're not going to. But, I, but again, I will say this show is going to be a wild ride if we get stomped by Iowa State. That's that's for sure. It's going to be a fun ride on a daily basis, any daggone ways. But a fun ride and a wild ride sometimes can be two entirely different things. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, Jaden Nixon's going to get the ball more. There's clearly an emphasis uh, in talking to Colin Oliver to stop the run. And he's, he even said if we figure out how to stop the run, then everything from there will work, work itself out, a.k.a. they're on the D-line realizing they're not living up to expectations. They came into the season expecting to be a top 10 in sacks and tackles for loss top of D, which we were for the first four or five weeks, right? And then we just woo, nosedived. We're not sacking now, not a nobody. And it's hard to sack somebody if you're standing still playing patty cake, patty cake, Baker's man with the, uh, the, the offensive tackle. So again, hopefully there was a carryover from Derek Mason and he lit them a new one and the grades came out exactly like we graded it out. You know, at this minute, Mark, you did this and you stood there at this minute, Mark, you did this and you jogged down the field at this minute, Mark, you hit the wrong dude went the wrong way this minute, Mark, you hit your own linebacker square in the back. So, you know, and if that was a, a correlated to stadiums, maybe, yeah, make, make them run stadiums instead of smashing each other if we're worried about that type of injuries. And you cannot say that the deviation from practice normalcy was a problem because that was not the issue for the KU game. We were going to give a pass, right, to what happened in Manhattan. Because if Gundy did have to change all of the practice scheduling to eliminate some of the potential injury factors, since we have so many, then it's like, okay, you know, you got to try some things here and there. Thanks for trying. We'll give it to you. But then to turn around and do what we did in Lawrence, mm-mm, nope. You can't let this one, this one slide, right? Three strikes and... We have to have a conversation about something that makes some people uncomfortable. But again, Colin Oliver uh, stressed that we need to stop the run. So going into this game, the idea is to run more and stop the run from the team, from the horse's mouth. And then if you heard from Langston Anderson, 
guys, I I hope that he continues to get more carries. He is so humble and graceful and respectful and motivated and has zero problem expressing his faith. And now he's doing it through faith. And I also heard an interview with uh, Sean Michael Flanagan, who also talked about how being deeply rooted in faith uh, is something that helps them get over certain hurdles. So this is a game that all that needs to tie together. Derek Mason, light a new fire, the team uh, re-engaging in their, fa- in their passion, finding a way to get re-motivated, to not look like the lazy team that we saw in Lawrence. Let's, again, we're going to call a spade a spade. We had some players that we rely on to lead the team that gave up on plays, on film, on a consistent basis. So again, they seem to be motivated. Is it smoke and mirrors like what happened in Lawrence? Again, we were, we were willing to give a pass for Manhattan. But what happened in Lawrence, it's a head-scratcher. What happens against Iowa State and Stillwater, Oklahoma, this Saturday? That's big. I will t- I'll tell you, in my opinion, the last two performances have hurt one department that is crucial to the future success of the university. We're not going to, again, speak too much negativity into existence, so we'll see how this game plays out before we start having these potentially deeper conversations. But, okay, so when you dissect all that, what what are you looking to accomplish other than just get the W? Well, clearly, Jaden Noel has, Jalen Noel's kind of come to the forefront as that next guy, which makes Iowa State a little bit more dangerous than they typically have been this season, right? Speaking of dangerous... If you haven't looked into simplysafe.com, maybe this is a, a good time to do so. During holiday season, it's statistically proven that there's more robberies, uh, there's more people trying to steal packages off of front porches. So if you go to simplysafe.com and get you and your family more secure than, I don't know, any of the security systems available in San Francisco then you're probably doing the right thing. Call it an early gift to yourself. I'm going to protect everybody with my 24-7 monitoring agents, real monitoring agents that actually watch screens and actually help you get a faster police response time because they can pinpoint the sources of the negativity that's happening, right? So do yourself a favor. Get on simplysafe.com right now slash college to get yourself in the best position from a security standpoint moving forward. All right, so before we get out of here, uh, obviously Noel is that next guy to Xavier Hutchinson. For a large portion of the season, their offense was Hutchinson, Hutchinson, Hutchinson. Now Noel has come on as another viable option. So we do have to pay more attention to their passing attack. Now, guys, Hunter Deckers is, I don't know, his – Stats aren't great, but the dude is pushing 2,400 yards. He's thrown for 2,370 yards this season. So he can put up numbers. And, yes, it's largely due to the assistance of Xavier Hutchinson and now the emergence of Jalen Noel. But he can sling the ball a little bit. He has 16 touchdowns to go along with his 
10 picks, right? That's his, his Achilles heel. Does it remind you of somebody? His Achilles heel, Achilles heel is interceptions. Interceptions are what creates the negativity in Ames, Iowa, as it pertains to Hunter Deckers. Hunter Deckers is like the prodigal type of son that is coming to be a somewhat Brock Purdy-style savior. The difference is he's an Iowa native, right, that everyone thought would probably go to a bigger school like in Iowa because he had plenty of opportunities to go to much bigger universities. He wanted to stay home because he bleeds that Iowa State gene, right? That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be the hometown kid that, that came and got her done. So that is not only commendable, but you kind of want to see him be successful, just not this weekend, right? They do have the ability. They're a very play-action-heavy team, and sometimes our linebackers uh, are susceptible to get their eyes caught in the wrong place and, and get some over-the-top issues with tight ends. So hopefully that's something we're prepared for. Preparation has been a, a difficulty. So you're not like super confident. But I do have confidence in Jaden Nixon, right? I have confidence that the, the fire has been lit by Derek Mason and some of the senior captains like Colin Oliver to not be standing around at all. Gang tackling, flying to the ball, that helps when you're missing tackles. If you're missing tackles, but you got dudes that you know are going to be there, then just slowing the, somebody down sometimes can do the trick. Not that it's a good thing. You don't want to practice technically failing. But if you have trailing people to be helpful that are help that they help with the tackles instead of running into you, it, it gives you a, gives you a little bit of hope. And speaking of hope, guys, you ready? Tanner Brown still leads the nation in, in kicking. Well, the Big 12 for sure. And he's he's up there in points for, for national as well. Have some faith in Jaden Nixon. Mason Cobb is fifth in the Big 12 in tackles. So we've got some bright spots, right? So what is it going to take? What are our keys to this one? Um, I think if we get over three sacks, we're probably going to win. If we get under three sacks, it's going to be a, a hard, hard day. Now, if you're like, hey, Cody, that's kind of crazy because we haven't had a sack, I don't know, in a while. It's been a few weeks since we've had one. You're right, which is exactly why I'm saying this has to be a get-right game. And what is the one position on the field that we all thought was going to be the backbone? The D-line, it hasn't been. And you can, that's why the back end of our defense is being so exploited. It's because the D-line is not living up to their end of the bargain. It, you got to think about it. In the back end of the defense, you can only run with a dude who's as fast as you or faster than you for so long before everything just kind of breaks down. It's inevitable that if you let a dude continuously run and run and run, he's eventually going to find a patch of grass, which is why scramble drills are difficult for a DB. But if the D lineman is, is getting to the quarterback in under three to four seconds, then it nullifies that issue. And it does give the back end a lot more time to recover. If you're, you're really only asking your corners to hold a guy for like three, four, five seconds, 
that's it. Anything after that, it you know that you you lose any type of advantage that you may have potentially had. So the D line gets more than three sacks, three or more. I think we get her did. Uh, the other thing is turnover margin. So if you look at uh, the, the turnover margins, that's an important key for us that we haven't been winning um, lately. If we're plus two on turnover margin, again, think we get the dub. And Hunter Deckers is clearly susceptible. So what I'm saying is not you know a crazy crazy expectation. These are things that we should get done. And for the third key, I went back and forth. I went back and forth. So we'll do like a, 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 a semi-fourth place. Time of possession. But the reason I didn't want to make that a focal point is because guess what I've been saying for the last three weeks? Time of possession, time of possession, time of possession. And we have failed miserably on time of possession in the last few weeks. Just hands down, get whooped in TOP. So I didn't necessarily want to make that an emphasis because it almost seems like laziness because I've said it for three weeks in a row. So I wanted to add another one. Red zone defense. Third down defense was top five in the country. Um, Coming into this last week, we're still top 10 in the country in third down. So if we can maintain some semblance of stability on third down defense, we're going to be okay. It's not all negative, guys. It's not all negative. Tune back in tomorrow as we go over this awesome, awesome day of recruiting. And again, we'll peek behind the curtain a hair more and we'll hit some of some of the deeper layers of the football stuff too. But these recruiting classes are big time, guys. So there's a lot to be excited about. And we also have a basketball game tomorrow night uh, in Gallagher Arena as the men's team aims to have a little bit more offensive capabilities in this one. So tune in. I love you all. God bless. Go, folks. Thank you yet again for stopping by to get your daily source for all things Cowboy and Cowgirl related here on Locked On Oklahoma State. See you tomorrow.